I think it's going to rain and it's going to stop. This is I Am a Griefist, a childhood cancer grief journey podcast. We're live. Well, whatever that means. <laughs> We're just recording. Hi. Hello. Mom. How's it going? It's going. How you feeling? <sighs> I'm better. I'm better. Second trimester is way better. Or, yeah, is way better than first trimester. First trimester was awful. <laughs> well, you can't enjoy food too much the first trimester. There was, I had so many food aversions first trimester. Like, super crazy. I think we released the last episode. I was 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm now 22 weeks, Mom. Mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. like, we haven't done this. In 10 weeks. I know. This is so bad. This is so bad. But there's just so much going on, though. Still so much going on. So let's talk about last episode. Catch everybody up 10 weeks later. What's happened since then? Mm -hmm. So it's a couple of things. So, yes, still progressing. Everything is good. So far, so good. It's related to pregnancy and everything. I'm getting large, feeling in charge. No, I'm not. I'm just eating everything I see now. And people keep asking me, they're like, do you have any cravings? And I was like, no, I just fucking eat whatever I see in front of me. <laughs> and if I don't see it in front of me, I'm going to ask for it. But I have been eating like tomatoes, like cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I just like pop them in as a snack. Um, I don't think it's a craving craving, but it like satisfies any like snack related things that I've Yeah, been... it's a craving. It's not normal. <laughs> really? I love tomatoes in general. Yeah, no, though. I like tomatoes too, but I don't eat them every day. I don't sit there going, oh, okay, I got to have a tomato today. And you're just like, yeah, I'll pop them in like a snack. Yeah, that's good. Okay. <laughs> I don't know any different. <laughs> but yeah, so I went to Costco and I've been to a couple Costcos and it's so dangerous to go to because... I put everything in the basket. I know. I have so much junk food in my pantry. Mm-hmm. Mom. It's okay. I have Reese's sticks. I have like mega bars, 38 <laughs> pack. It's, it's Costco. Me. I yeah. know. But like I've got ugh, uh, caramellos. I've got Starburst. I've got these Mexican like ice cream bar. Not bars, but ice creams. Um, what are they called? Bullies. I've got like everything. My freezer has... Zero room in it just because I've been loading. Yeah, but you're supposed to. You're eating for two. That's what they say. But then when I'm reading stuff, they're like, don't listen to the eat for two. You're still supposed to eat just healthy and in moderation. Well, you're supposed to pick healthy choices, but hey, take advantage that you're pregnant and eat whatever you want. But anytime I, I really want something good, it's just, it's a, it's a minute. It takes, it's, a lot of effort to get it. Like, I just want a pumpkin muffin. Can somebody fucking bring me a pumpkin muffin? You know, <laughs> that kind of shit. And my husband will call and he'll be like, hey, do you want anything to eat? And I'll tell him exactly what I want to eat. And then he calls me like an hour later. Sorry, I missed it. What else do you want? No, no. <laughs> you asked me what I wanted. I told you and you messed it up. Like now I'm upset and I'm hangry. Yeah. That's, Don't that's let me get hangry. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. what happens. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, things are going good. Um, I don't think we shared last time sex of the baby. Should we share? It's up to you. 
I, I think I'm going to share because I think I need name suggestions. Oh, okay. Because I'm having such a hard time. I just said name suggestions and baby moved. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Okay, first pregnancy, everything is so weird. The fact that baby moves around um, is so strange. Uh, some people ask, like, how you describe it. And originally, one of my, um, Angelina, who we met on the podcast, she asked me, you know, what does it feel like? And I'm like, originally, it was like popcorn. Like, it almost feels like when you're watching a bag of popcorn pop in the microwave, that's kind of how it feels like, but inside your stomach. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, it's super weird. It really feels like there's an alien in there. And it's just <laughs> like, it's swimming and moving and yeah, karate chopping and normal. doing all these weird things. Uh, but it's been really fun and really exciting. There's a lot of connections that happen every day with our baby, um, our childhood cancer baby. And so pregnancy overall has been good. However, there was this one, like early on into my pregnancy, a few weeks in TMI, but you'll, you'll kind of hear how this sort of pans out. So early on, after finding out I was pregnant, I had like the runs. Mm -hmm. For weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was really concerned. And then not only that, too, it was like um, I had food aversions, sure. Um, So anything I ate would just go right through me. And I was concerned because everyone's like, well, are you drinking water? Are you staying hydrated? I'm like, well, obviously, I only drink water. If If I drink anything with like a flavor and it's like Gatorade maybe, but not a ton. Like I just, I just drink water. I just prefer to drink water anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was like there was concerns because I was like, well, is baby getting nutrients? Right. Am I staying hydrated? Am mm-hmm. I supposed to be feeling this way? And then it wasn't just that. There was a point, um, a few days in at the beginning where I had really horrible stomach pains, mm-hmm. horrible, debilitating. I couldn't sleep. I was up for hours. I was really not feeling good. And I was like, this this can't be right. I almost felt like, and I wouldn't know what they are, but I almost felt like they were labor pains. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is excruciating pain. I can't sleep. I'm not getting rest. I can't keep food down. I'm not throwing it up, thank God. Super nauseous all the time. But everything's just going right through me. It didn't matter what I ate. It went right through me. I could Mm -hmm. eat healthy. I could eat fruits. I could eat veggies. I could eat carbs. I could eat rice. I could eat bread, bland things, and it would still just go right through me. Mm -hmm. So being so concerned for his pregnancy, don't know what the fuck I'm doing anyway, I was like, you know what? Talking to my husband, I was like, I think I need to go to urgent care. I called... And I was like, you know what? This is what's happening. What do you guys think I need to do? Um, we'll go to urgent care. Well, I go to fucking urgent care and whatever healthcare system we're in, um, the wait to get seen was three to four hours. That's so crazy, huh? And you were waiting. You would have to wait in the same facilities, all these other people who might be there for COVID, right. who might be there for who knows what spreadable disease they're there. Right. And I'm Monkey like, pox. What? Yeah. Oh, God. And then there was that. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not going to fucking do this. And so my husband's like, well, I'll wait and you can just, you know, go wherever you, you feel comfortable. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Because I went at like on a Friday at five o'clock yeah. and it was like rush hour, like in LA, rush hour traffic, but for the hospital. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to fucking be here. So through COVID, the healthcare system changed a little bit where you can do like 
Zoom calls and telephone calls, they were way more accessible than having to be there in person. Mm -hmm. But everybody, but every time I called them, they're like, you really should go to emergency and just get checked out. But I'm not going to fucking wait three to four hours no. to get seen. Mm -hmm. So they sent me to urgent care and the urgent care was like, no, you need to go to emergency. Well, I get to the emergency and we pull in right where the building is for emergency, and I had a panic attack. I don't know if it was an anxiety attack, a panic attack. I don't know what it fucking was, but I couldn't breathe. I started crying, and I told my husband, we can't be here. Mm -hmm. And I have mom texting me like, no, you need to go. you got to look out for more than just yourself now. I had this attack because that's where the baby died. Mm -hmm. And I remember... Like, this is all part of the grief in, in this journey is I told my husband, like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this. Just go. Cause I need to get seen. I don't, I don't feel good and I need this to go away. I need to figure out what this is. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I will try. Cause we hadn't, when we had lived here before going to that specific hospital was really difficult. Um, and I would have these these attacks. I, I don't know what to call them, but like I would literally lose my breath because I like it's just something overwhelming comes over me and mm -hmm. I can't be there. And so I was like, he's like, but it's going to be the emergency room. I'm like, well, let's just try because I this I feel desperate. I I'm not feeling good. I'm not getting sleep. I'm not eating, and something's wrong. Something feels wrong. Mm -hmm. And so when I tried, I, I failed. <laughs> I fucking failed. I was. You can ask him. He was he was just like, grief is is a real thing. He was like, I I, I didn't know how to help you because I was I couldn't breathe, but I was it was a super ugly cry where I was like, <gasps> like I literally was gasping for air because I I was having this attack. And again, I don't know how, how to diagnose it. I'm not a whatever professional, but I was just like, I can't be here. And so he drove another twenty minutes to another hospital just for me to get the. Oh, urgent care's uh, closed. You're going to have to go to emergency and that's going to be another three to four hours. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to share that because it was, grief is still here. Although I'm, I'm in this sort of state of euphoria of new life, mm -hmm. I'm still very much grieving the baby. Yeah. Still every day, every day there's something. It's but that one was there. like, was right in my fucking face. Mm -hmm. And... It was, it was so bad. It was so bad. And now like Jake's like, I'm never going to fucking take you there again. I don't care. Your arm is getting cut off. You're not going there. And cause it's just, it's too much. It's too much. And seven years later and still having that level of a response yeah. is like, it was a gut, a gut check, a reality well, you check. Hear people saying all the time, 15 years later, 20 years later, 30 years later, it's, it doesn't change. It doesn't. I mean, you get some to, things change. We can be real. Some things change. But the I, grief is still there. The grief is still very prominent. Yeah. Still very existent. Still very in my everyday. The pain might be different. I'm able to manage it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into managing emotions and stuff shortly. But it was um, it was a lot, and it was overwhelming. And like you said, the time, the time, time frame doesn't really matter. 
it's just knowing how to manage through it yeah and and just getting used to it almost just getting mm-hmm. through the more difficult things um but that one was still very like it still feels like yesterday and being at that hospital and just remembering being there and that's where everything happened and so mm-hmm. i wanted to share that because it was it doesn't matter almost how much time has passed i still have these very physical responses right. to my grief mm-hmm. anyway so um but yeah, on the on the other things, a lot of stuff has happened since the last time we chatted, and we've been really bad at this, guys. Sorry, we've been really bad at this. There's been a lot going on. I know I thought it'd be a lot easier living down the street for mom for us to get together and do these things, but it's been challenging. Yeah, we're so busy. Mm-hmm. Too many things happening, and Too we'll catch things. up. Catch yeah. up to speed this round. Why did you want to do the childhood cancer walk? Sure. So the last episode we chatted, we shared we were going to be heading to an event and posting up and just being a resource for people. So the event was the Childhood Cancer Foundation Southern California, CCFSC. There's too many uh, letters in that acronym, something along those lines. Um, But they do an annual like kids walk. Mm-hmm. Or a walk uh, to remember, honor, and um, support families affected mm-hmm. by childhood cancer. And this one's in the Southern California Inland Empire region because they have tons in this area. But yes. that one's mostly in the Inland Empire. But it's huge. It's huge it's compared a- to what – because we did it when the baby was battling. Uh-huh. So seven or eight years ago is when we went. And from then to now – crazy how big it is now but you guys haven't participated since the last time no uh-uh I think not we at did walking that. itself but no. it's grown right but we did in the beginning but yeah. it's just i don't know as far as i'm concerned i just feel like it's like even this time when we went it's a lot to have to deal with it's a lot to see the kids that are battling now sure. it's a lot to see the kids that made it because as much as i want to say oh my gosh somebody made it through and it's so amazing for you but that's how I feel like it makes me breathe heavy like I wish I wish we were at that spot yeah so let's talk about that a little bit so let's let's start from the beginning so it was a cool crisp morning summer morning um we get down there I've never been there before mom's been there but where they had a us, spot. exactly. So where mm-hmm. they posted us up was like at the end of the walk, and um, at uh, one of the universities, right, mm-hmm. local universities, and it was like too big of a campus, and they didn't have enough signage for me to really know where I was going. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't get a ton of information um, about where we were supposed to go. So um, we found it. Luckily, we found it. We found a parking spot. I had to ask a ton of people where I was supposed to be. Um, but we found it. We, what we did was we just set up like an easy up and it was just me and mom at the table. Mm -hmm. We just, I had this really cool like table cover and I just put our logo out there. So people knew what we were, but we were with all the vendors. We were with like dentistries and, uh, insurance things. And there's a local, um, like basketball team. And so Mm -hmm. they had representatives out there. LA Kings, I want to say they had some group out there. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but there was a, a bunch of just like, you know, typical vendor booths, but then there were um, resources groups. They had like religious counseling, booths, uh-huh, counseling. Mm-hmm. they had um, uh, across the way from us was like this grief and cancer resource organization. I think it's books that they wrote on grief. Yeah. And, or, and, or surviving cancer. Yeah. Or, yeah. It was, it, it was like an, a, a plethora of not just people there to sell things, but to provide resources to these families. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was good to be in that community because everyone's there for the same purpose, right? Mm-hmm. To support childhood cancer families. But we, it was started to get warm. It was hot. Um, and so thank goodness we had that easy up. But as the walk ended, um, they ended where we were so that they can like mingle and sort of visit mm-hmm. each of the booths. And so we kind of sat there um, and we put out, we didn't put out a ton of informational things because I wasn't sure what, like, what we should put out. I know you and I had talked about, you know, what we could really offer. And I don't, I wasn't really sure what fit or what Mm -hmm. we could say. I didn't want to, like, endorse anything yet because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm not in that space to go, oh, go to these people because, you know, our, like, like, for example, any support groups. Just because, like, my experience was different than yours at those places. And so, Mm -hmm. like, I was like, well, I don't want to really just go go here. They're going to be an ultimate resource for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was still working through, like, I'm I'm just not sure what to offer, you know, except just give them our story. And that's what we do with the podcast in general. Right. So I just thought, you know, when they ask the vendors to come, they also ask you to bring, like, freebies and stuff. And so I was like, well, I don't fucking have anything. Well, let's put some stickers together. So I figure at minimum people will uh, get a sticker and they'll know like to look us up on the internet or find mm-hmm. us on whatever listening station they have to get the podcast going and listening and up for them. So I connected um, with Shop Forever 2. I connected with Shop Forever 2 on Instagram and they made me some really badass stickers of my logo um, I'll link them up so you can kind of see uh, who to connect to for that. Um, so I just laid out some stickers on the just the top of the table. There was mm-hmm. nothing there except the stickers. Mm-hmm. So we just laid them out. Everyone started to come and start, you know, visiting all the booths. And I really wasn't because I'm an introvert. So I wasn't sure how to like make that initial conversation with folks. So I was basically like, I wasn't barking at people like, Come see my booth. I was really allowing people to come and yeah. check us out. And what mm-hmm. you would they would do is they would basically just come and like stand there and wait. And I'm like, <laughs> ask me what we do, you know, like talk to me. What, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? Who are you here supporting? You know, and I just try to break the ice that way. Um, and so once I got into sharing sort of why we were there and what we do, I felt like some people were interested in hearing more and some people were hesitant to listen. Some people were uncomfortable, 100%. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting to kind of see the array of yeah. personalities and connections that we made. Um, so there was a lot of families there. There was a lot of survivors there that visited the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an interesting dialogue too because um, there were families that were coming up, up to us with kids with that were survivors 
And I just kept saying to those kids, like, I'm just so glad you're here, Mm -hmm. you know, because I don't know what else to say. Right. Like, congratulations or, you know, like, um, way to go. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just it's it's painful to say that Mm -hmm. because, like, I so badly wanted that for us. And it's that sense of jealousy. It's a little bit of like pain and hurt to see survivors. And that sounds bad to say. But that's the reality of it is like, how, why them? Why not us? You know, like what? Super happy that, of course, that somebody was able to survive this. But of course you want it for yourself too. I mean, we hoped, we hoped up all the way up to the end. You never want to give up hope, but you're right. What, who chooses? Yeah, it was it's so conflicted inside to, but I am so glad that they're here. I'm so, so glad that they aren't on this side of that table, you know, and they're on that side, but it was still like a lot of emotions. Yeah. um, I was kind of surprised. We're, we are like, we're talking about eight years now, right? We're going on eight years. Seven. I wish it was almost eight. Yeah. So yeah, seven years. And it still feels like yesterday. Definitely. Uh, but it, I think being in that space, too, is a reminder of like that time mm-hmm. of we were participating in walks all the time and we were out there trying to get, you know, uh, raise awareness and, and support for these organizations who are doing the research yeah. or, you know, providing resources to families and hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. All that stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was weird just to be on on sort of that side. And we'll kind of go into why that was a little bit weird, too, but. And this is part of like the conflicted feelings is we saw a ton of families there that were, again, uh, supporting a kid surviving Mm -hmm. there in memory of or, you know, honoring or just being there to support a family or something, depending on who you were. So that was hard. Tell I know you had some some pretty strong feelings about being in that environment. And you want to share a little bit about like how you felt seeing all those families and sort of being exposed to that again. I think for me, it was families. We had one across from us that was also a child that passed away with cancer. And they were doing little things to honor their child. But it it was a recent passing. And it just, it hurt my heart to, that this is, again, still happening. I wish they find a cure. I I wish they would do things better so that the kids don't have to, suffer through this chemotherapy and I totally understand that this is the protocol and this is what they find is giving you the best outcome or the best chances of surviving not even the best outcome because going through chemotherapy has its own side effects too so it's just rough it's rough to see that somebody is recent in their passing too and just like talking to them in this podcast, it's hard to listen to it. But at the same time, it also is, I don't know if the word is healing, but knowing that somebody else is experiencing the same thing. Yeah. And that's, that's what we had shared when people were coming up to us and asking us what we were about. Mm -hmm. It's like, honestly, there are so many resources here available to you of professional people. We're not that we, you know, we talk about things that people don't really cover and and resource groups all the time just because there's that taboo of, you know, uh, religious versus non, right. um, like mm-hmm. the mediumship, which we'll talk about a little bit today, too, mm-hmm. some of the things we've experienced. But 
Um, because it, it almost feels like it's very um, niche market. It's, mm-hmm. it's the religious bereavement. It's like if I were to cuss, I'd feel weird because then, you know, I'd have to go to confession and share my sins and have them forgiven. You know what I mean? Like, but I think this, this podcast, it's what makes us so different from everything that's out yeah. there. And so it was fun to share that with people because some people were like, oh yeah, I totally get that. You know, I, and there were some men that came and were sharing their stories, which mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's not a good thing. I'm That's a great thing. But I recognize that there's not a ton of resources out there for men, for yeah. fathers, for, for grieving men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was interesting to sort of uh, work through as well. But to what you were saying, mom, I feel like when, when we were there seeing so many families and for you to say that it's grown makes me sad. I love the fact that there, the outreach is there, but I hate the fact that there's still so many people impacted. Yes. So many. And I, again, it's growing. That's what I'm saying. Ah, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Again, I love the fact that the resources are there, that there's people participating and wanting to raise awareness, but it drives me nuts that this is still happening. Why are we still here? Why are we still doing this stuff, man? Anyway. We got to find a better way. Yeah, we're just not there yet. We're not there yet. So that event was overall, I think it was good to be there. We got to meet some cool people Funny story, um, this one is for Jace's mama, um, Davina, is I met somebody who follows her, I can't remember if it was her or her shop online, and they saw the stickers that I got and showed up and was like, oh my God, like it almost felt like I was a celebrity because she was (laughs) like, I saw these stickers, you know? And so it was really cool that she was like, oh yeah, no, I see you guys online. And I'm like... I'm not really good at being online right now. And so it was like, she was like, no, I, I know your voice. And I was like, oh my God, that's so weird. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was kind of funny. But, um, but again, I got to connect with some really interesting people. Um, I, I met with some other aunts. And one of the aunts in particular was like, oh yeah, I need to tell my brother's wife about this podcast. And I was like, I'm sorry, you have a story too. Like, I'd love mm-hmm. to talk to you and hear mm-hmm. what your story is. Sure, absolutely. I'd love to connect with mother of child, right? But like, give me another aunt's perspective because you know, you and I know that there's not a ton of resources right. for us out there either, mm-hmm. like an aunt's group, right? Like, mm-hmm. and that's why, I, partly why we do this too, because right. we offered everybody's perspective in this. Well, not everybody's, but we're trying to branch out and get everybody's. But anyway, yeah, that event I think was good. We spent a couple hours there. Overall, it was good. But there was one particular family that I want to mention um, that visited, sort of walked by the table. And I don't know who this person was to the person affected by cancer, but they walked by and basically said, oh, no, 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 no. We are not going to that table. Yeah. And it was like, um, like it was, uh, I don't know, how do I describe it? It almost felt like I was, we were a disease. Well, that's exactly it. And I know in the beginning when your sister was looking into, you know, finding ways, either counseling or talking to people that have gone through it to try to get, you know, some insight, 
She also didn't want to talk to people that had lost their child. She right. wanted to, to speak to people that, you know, what kind of things that she would have to look out for when the baby survived. Because as far as we're concerned, she's going to survive. Right. So she didn't want to hear yes. the bad news. Yeah. Totally. I totally understand that person's position of mentally, I'm not going there. Right. Mentally, that is not our family. We are not going to be in that group where our child does not make it. It's mm -hmm. unimaginable. Never, never, never. No, no, no. I totally right. get it. Mm -hmm. But for me, being on this side of it, it was like, it was hurtful. It is. Because it's a it reminder that like, well, we didn't have a fucking choice. Right. I don't want to be on the side of the fucking no, nobody table does. either. Nobody does. But I, again, I totally empathize with that mental state and to right. understand that, mm -hmm. but it still didn't feel good. No. It still was the reminder. It was still like, I almost wanted to yell at her like, if you're ever on this side, though, we're here for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah, but I wasn't going to do that. But yeah, I didn't want to put that in the air yeah, either. Right? right. But it was like, we're not asking you to join. No, we don't really I don't want you, want you here side. either. Yeah. Trust me. I don't want you here either. But yeah. like, I just felt a certain way of that comment. And mm -hmm. I felt bad afterwards feeling like a disease. But it was still like, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I was understanding, but it still didn't feel great. And no. so that was, that hit me a little bit hard. Just, you know, coming out on the other side of that and just going, well, I'm, I'm glad you're not there. Right. I really am glad that you're not there, but like, I, I, I don't want to be here. No, no one wants to be <laughs> on this side. I don't want to be here. No one wants to uh, be here. So that was, that wasn't cool. But no. I mean, again, I completely understand. I remember being in that place too and just in denial that that's even a possibility. And But sadly, for some, it's the reality. And right. so, you know, we just happened to be in that group. And right. um, we're just trying to make the best of what we have given the shitty scenario we've got. That's it. Um, would you do it again? Um, to support what you want to accomplish, sure. If I would do that on my own, no. <laughs> uh -uh. No, just like it's I don't tough. really want to go for the walks either. Because I know tough. that you're going to see somebody that's battling. It's just, you know, yeah. it's, it's not exactly like this. But when I watch the, see the commercials, I just want to put it on pause and, you know, fast forward or I don't want to, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a constant reminder that the baby's not here. Yeah. That we, we're on the other side. I don't like it, but. Yeah, I get it. I think I would do it again. And it's, it's really not like to push any sort of agenda, but it's really just to, to, for people to feel supported and to know yeah. that there's resources out there that they may not know is out there. Right. Um, again, I'm, I'm, it's just really me and mom and we I try to get on social media I'm really bad at it I'm just an introvert I I try the TikTok thing it's really hard it's well, time consuming yeah. and it I, is time consuming <laughs> all of this stuff is actually trying to find time and right now it just feels like there's so much going on yeah that's the 
the least thing that we have is time to yeah. do anything. So. so we'll talk about that too. So yeah, I think overall it was overall it was a great first event. Um, I would do that event again just because it's local and mm-hmm. they were open to me just being there and not having like a big business. It was just like inform- an informational booth. So yeah. that was kind of cool that they allowed me to be there. So thank you to that organization, Childhood Cancer Foundation, Southern California, for allowing me to um, to be there and, and put up my put ourselves out there. So when we were, so to kind of circle back a little bit, when we were talking to some people and we mentioned mediums, I felt like it was like a, a big thing for people when we were like, Oh, you guys talk about mediums, but how did it go? Yeah. So, um, I love this topic though, because we'll hear from families, uh, that went to mediums too. And I love to hear their stories because it's just so fascinating. Yeah. Not to say that I entirely believe it, but it's just so fascinating that people are interested in it too and have such different experiences in doing it. So tell us, mom, the other day what happened um, when you were listening back to our episodes on mediums. What had happened is when you went to go see Monica she said, what is it with February the 14th? And we all know that that's Valentine's Day. So hang on. So for let's, her to mention on. it, though. Let's back up. Why were you listening back to the episodes? Really, it's because I I like hearing reviewing. Your own voice. Yeah, not hearing my <laughs> voice. No, no, no. Reviewing some of the stuff, especially uh-huh. when you go like, let's, you know, let's get together so we can do the podcast again. And I like listening again to some sure. of the episodes so that. You know, we don't keep repeating ourselves. I try, but there's a lot to cover. I know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. And Um, just to remember some of the stuff that we've we've gone through. And I I was listening to that one, of course. So sometimes I listen back because I forget. I forget a lot of it. And that's what why I love this podcast so much, memorializing what we talk about. Right. And so I don't have to remember, which is really great. And mm-hmm. so we can just revisit some of those things. So you happen to be listening to the episodes about mediums. Mm-hmm. And you were listening to the one where my husband and I went to see Monica the medium. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what did she say on there that, like, you called me right after about it and you were like, oh, my God, do you remember this? Tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it, tell it. That was just the when he she said, what is it with the February 14th? That's all I remember uh-huh. when I was listening to it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we didn't even have any idea that you were going to be pregnant. Uh-huh. But that's your due date. Yes. So when they gave us a due date, we were thinking Valentine's. I think that's cool. But then when I listened to the episode, I'm all. Oh my gosh, that's the other connection. Oh my God. So are we just reading, are we making it just, are we seeing more into it than it really was? Right. Okay. So are we fitting the pieces? Exactly. Yeah. So crazy. So mom calls me about this and it blew my mind for a couple reasons. One, because when when we had seen her and she had originally shared, February 14th, what's with significance with February 14th? And in my head, it was, I was putting the pieces together of, well, it could be this, it could be this, right? The baby loved Valentine's Day. Right. Um, And this is just her way of going, you know, look, guys, I'm still with you. Mm -hmm. We we called, you know, part of her name had love in it. And so it was just like all these things that were like, okay, I'm putting this together to make this make sense, which is part of what mediumship I think is about is they give you like a snippet and it's like your job to try to make sense of that snippet. Right. So for me, that was the closest thing 
that made sense was that she loved Valentine's Day and we had this, you know, this this day of love and anytime we think of love and hearts, we think of the baby. Yes. So at that time, though, when was that? That was like 20... 16 or so it was after yeah. she was had after passed, she had passed. And it, but it wasn't too long after she had passed so maybe mm-hmm. a year or two but it makes me think of these mediums because some of them call themselves mediums some of them call themselves psychic mediums right so for her was she what, what's the word i'm looking for like was she predicting yeah that this date That's, was going to be significant well, when I listen to it, right? When I listen to it again, I'm like, oh, what if that's what she was seeing? But how do you know? I mean, I can't, I mean, I can ask her, I can tag her when I post, you know, that I'm releasing this episode, I can tag her account, but there's nothing to say that she's going to reach out to me and go, well, duh, of course I predicted that for right? you. You know, like, how am I going to ever validate that? But right. I thought that was so fascinating that you brought that up and I didn't even think about it. But that you brought that up. So to anybody who's listening, I'm curious to know your thoughts about um, sort of putting those pieces together and the February 14th. And now that's my due date for baby. So, um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting and circling back. And it, of course, brings a smile to my face because what if, what if, what if? Yeah. What if the babies already knew that this was going to happen? And mm-hmm. she was telling us years ago that although and Jack, you know, you know, you're not really interested in having kids now. You're gonna, you know, this like it's gonna be an important date for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's uh it kind of gives is, me chills yeah, again. No, like, I think about that and it's like, wow, that's that's weird that she focused on that. So yeah. Yeah. So when you brought that up, it just like I couldn't stop smiling because it was like it was just it felt it was just like another connection. Like, mm-hmm. of course she's here. Of course she knew that. Of course so, she, so she knew everything about me before yes, I knew it. Yes. So the fact of the matter is is still kind of amazing too that they they have that as your due date. You I know, know what I mean? It's I like, know. They could have said 12, 11, 10. I mean, there's 28 days in there. Usually, yeah. What the heck? Yeah, I know? know. I know. It's so crazy. It's so crazy to think about that that's actually a possibility. Yeah. And then it makes me think about mediums more and it makes me want to go see them more. Right. Waste, waste all my money. But but yeah, so I thought that was super fucking fascinating. Um, And so I kind of want to believe, I kind of want to believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, well, that's, that's the thing is that's, I mean, is that part of it that, like I said, we're just putting things together. I know, I know. To but make I'm, it all fit. I'm so glad you brought that up though and shared that with me because again, it was just like, oh. It's so cool. It's so cool if that's really what it Mm -hmm. is. Anyway, so mom has some things she wants to talk about, maybe. Well, when you think about like dealing with a child lost with cancer, you don't think about like you're going to have to deal with cancer again. And uh, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. So hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's sit on that for a minute. <laughs> so you were diagnosed with breast cancer when? So I, I want to say, because it seems like it's all a blur. It's moving so fucking yeah. fast. So this, was it this month? The beginning of this month or at the end of last month? Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I think it was. Basically, they're moving it had pretty to be fast. So maybe mid last month yeah. because I want to say your surgery date was like less a than a month away. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, so grandma. Uh-huh. It runs in the family. Uh, different types of cancer, of course. I have the grandmother that died of cancer on my mom's side, but we don't know what it is. Nobody could tell me. And I don't know if at the time that she passed that anybody really asked. We just, mm-hmm. you know, somebody would say she died of cancer. Nobody goes, what kind of cancer? Now mm-hmm. we know enough to know that there's so many different kinds of cancers. Yeah. And I have a uh, aunt that died of ovarian cancer. We think grandma did too die of ovarian cancer, but I don't, like I said, no one has been able to tell me because that's back in Mexico. Then I have another aunt that had uh, breast cancer, then my mom breast cancer, and then she relapsed before the five years. So, um, and she passed away. So the first time I think what she did is she did a lumpectomy. And then when she relapsed, she decided to do a mastectomy and then she had to do chemotherapy. The first time with lumpectomy, it was radiation. The second time, then it's now we have to give you chemotherapy and she didn't do well with the chemotherapy. She passed away after like the first or second dose of the chemotherapy. And then my sister ended up getting it also breast cancer. So we tested after my sister was diagnosed, genetic testing to see if we carried the BRCA gene. Mm-hmm. And we didn't, we don't have the BRCA gene. We have a mutation, which basically means you guys are going to essentially one day going to have to get tested and see. Um the, the mutation that we have hasn't been connected to cancer yet, but it's just, and this was five years ago that we tested. Um, so I don't know, as a matter of fact, the doctor set me up to speak with the geneticist again, but that's a week after my surgery mm-hmm. that I have that appointment. So I don't know if they're trying to figure out that that's what it is or not, but what I decided to do was even though I know, and you know, we all know these things that you hear, you know, they tell you these numbers and then you go, but you know that that's not necessarily a hundred percent true because we had really good numbers when it came to the baby and that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So they saw something on one side And this was maybe a year and a half ago. So I had to keep going to get mammograms every six months because of it, Mm. plus the family history. And they found something on the other side. And it was kind of weird because even when they said, hey, we're going to have to do a biopsy and they told me it's on the other side, I thought they made a mistake. Mm. So they found it. I had them try to find the first one on the opposite side also. And they they couldn't actually manage to get it into a spot where they can test it. Mm. So they just tested the one side and I have two different kinds of cancers, which one is invasive ductal carcinoma and the other one is ductal carcinoma in C2. One of them is the invasive is already spreading. Mm. So it they again, they said that I caught it early enough where they don't think I have any lymph node involvement, but they're going to test for that when they do the surgery, but they won't know until the surgery is done. And they gave me options. We always have options. And one of the options is, you know, lumpectomy like my mom did. With radiation, they said I would have to have like 30 plus radiation treatments if I did with lumpectomy, yeah, Mm -hmm. because of the invasive part of it. yeah. Or if I did a mastectomy, then it's a possibility that I won't have to do radiation or chemotherapy because there's no more breast tissue left, right, yeah, to, yeah. for it to come back on. But 
if it involves lymph nodes, though, then that's a whole different story. Okay. So the best case scenario is that they get it the first time, whether it's lumpectomy or mastectomy. And I decided that, you know what, I, I'm not going to just do one side, take them both away. Mastectomy. I'm going to do the most aggressive form of fighting that I can. And that's what I'm going to do. Now, I'm telling you, it's different to be on this side I of cancer than watching the baby battling cancer. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about that. But how did you feel hearing the diagnosis? So it's the same thing that happens. So you have to go, whenever they put you into the office, you have to go with someone else. You cannot go there by yourself because I heard invasive Dr. Carcinoma, I heard nothing else. Mm-hmm. I, it's the same thing that like with the baby, you, we all wanted to make sure that your sister never went in there to get good news or bad news. She couldn't be there by herself because it's like anything else. You, you hear one thing and you go, what did they just say? The fire hydrant information too after that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so they told me invasive ductal carcinoma. And I said, did he just say invasive? Mm. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> so yes. So I, I stopped, I stopped. It's just very overwhelming. And that's all I heard. I couldn't hear anymore. And, but my, my husband was in there. Your sister was in there. My sister was in there and everybody caught all the things afterwards. So, um, yeah. So the choices that I had, and of course, look, it's not like I didn't know it was going to be something like that because hello, they're not going to call you into the doctor's office unless it's something bad. So I already had expected that it was going to be something like that. Um, And I looked at what my options were or are. You could Google search all kinds of stuff. That's how we found all kinds of information. Yeah, to Google or not Google is still a question. And then I I started looking at, there's a lot of people that post on Instagram and Facebook about their surgeries and what they did. And I just know that this place where I'm at right now, I don't want to give cancer a chance. I want to hit it. I want to hit it hard. What else can I do? And again, it may not be my choice if they find that there's more in there than what they think they see now. And why my mind goes there is because of what happened, the experiences that we've had. Yeah. You can't help but go, okay, the best case scenario is this. The worst case scenario is this other thing. I need to be prepared for both. Yeah. And it's 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 very hard to, like I said, it's very hard to be in this position right now where I'm at right now. But it's, I don't know how else to explain it. The emotional upheaval that I felt when the baby got diagnosed. What I'm going through now is nothing compared. Everything turned upside down. My whole reason to exist got questioned you know the existence of god got questioned everything and at least right now i can say okay well this is like it's following how i'm i'm the oldest in this family that's the way it's supposed to be the circle of life is this is the way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. so i don't plan on leaving anytime soon i i don't want to i'm going to do the best that i can i i share with you it was hard to share with my my kids the fact that i got diagnosed with cancer because really the first thing that i thought is i want to see jack's baby i want to see him grow i want to be around to see him grow 
I want to be around to spoil him. So it's tough to be in this position, but not as tough as what we've already been through. It's, it's different. I was telling Steve, like, I feel like even though I don't have any control, I, there's no control. I still feel like I have some sort of more control because it's me. Mm -hmm. I make the choices. I'm going to agree with you with something. So mom came over. um, We had gotten some new furniture in the house. (laughs) Mom mom was like, oh, can we come over and see the new furniture? And I'm like, yeah. I give a reason. (laughs) She couldn't just say I'm going to come over. Like she, it did feel weird that there was, it did feel amiss that something you were like, well, you got new furniture today, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, well, can I come see it? And I'm like, mom, you you can walk into my house. Like, why are you trying to find an excuse to come over? Just come over. And I probably said, is Jake home? Yeah. Is Jake there too? Yeah. Um, and yeah, come over. And so she came over and so she was like, okay, now that you have really cool new couches, I need you to sit in them. Um, I have something to share. Now, I knew that wasn't good. And it wasn't good news. Like walking into the doctor's office, and they go, "Oh, you just had a mammogram. Come in here. We need to speak with you." I'm like, "Right, this isn't good." So when you had shared what was going on, I'm in agreement with you that it was nothing, not nothing, but it's not comparable to the baby's diagnosis, Mm -hmm. and it's not that it's any less significant, less impactful. None of that. I just feel like I've done this before. Yeah. I feel like it's it was way traumatic what happened the first time. And I feel like I'm using this as a learning opportunity to do things different this time. Yeah. Especially related to my mental health, especially in the current state I'm in. Mm-hmm. I can't just, I can't think about these things all the time. If I'm going to be stressed out all the time, baby's going to be stressed. Right. So I feel like this diagnosis, while is traumatic, I'm trying my best to not focus on that because it drives my anxiety up. I know what triggers my anxiety to go up, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to suppress it as much as I can so that I can get to get through today and get to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not that it's any less then what has happened? This sucks. This is not cool. This was when mom was like, she got emotional and she's like, I'd really, I need to see your baby grow. And I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. How, how am I supposed to take care of this baby without you? The whole point of me moving over here was to right? so take care of my child. All this you got to fucking survive. You're here woman. now. Now what? <laughs> exactly. But then it was, it was also a blessing in disguise. I was telling my husband, like, had we still been in LA and you been been this far from me and this happening, I would have probably fucking moved in with you again. Like, I know. Had I already I not been here, you know. But so it's not like I was like, <laughs> I'm already ready for you to move back I know. in. Now you're too close to move I in. I know. So, I mean, it's just, you know, upheaval of life. It and, is. It is and that. It's, I, and it's so totally different than the news that we got with the baby. So I, for me, I don't even know how to express it. I already know that I caught this in time. In my mind, logically, I know because they were checking me every six months. Right. So and they were checking me every six months because of the the other side. 
So I still have to figure that out. Now, the way the doctors work, and believe me, you hear this all the time, you have to advocate for yourself. Right. When they saw it on the other side mm-hmm. and they biopsied it, it came back positive with the two. Well, they couldn't biopsy the other side, but it's almost like they forgot. Mm. So they're just talking about the the one side. So I'm like, well, how about the one that started this mm. a year and a half ago where I have to keep coming in every six months? And they go, oh, no, we don't. We think it's okay. Well, you thought the biopsy part was going to be okay, too, and it ended up is not okay. Yeah. So everything that you do, you have to advocate. No matter what it is, it one hundred percent. Yeah. So for me, it's like, wait a minute. And again, it's not like we don't trust our doctors. It's not it kind of is. It's not, <laughs> it's not really that. It, I think it's more of a, hey, don't forget. So yeah. I. So and maybe it's nothing. I mean, when now that you know Jess is in the medical field, right? She's yeah. like. You know, the probability of the one side that they're saying is okay is probably going to be okay. But, and I know you, you need to do things differently because that's how, (laughs) that's how my, well, her mother, me, that's how I am is like, I need to make sure though. So they're going to do the dye in the breast tissue, but I had them, they weren't, they were only going to do it on the one side. I'm having a double mastectomy, not just the one side. I'm making, having them take it out. And so... When the doctor was telling me what they were going to do and that they were just going to put the dye on the one side, I said, okay, so uh, why not the other side too? Well, because we don't think it's cancer. Okay, well, what happens if, because I asked, the breast tissue on the supposedly non-cancerous side, is that going to get tested for cancer also? And he said, yes, we'll send the tissue out. What happens then if it turns out that that's also positive and he goes, well, we'll have to have another surgery so that we can check your lymph nodes. And so I'm like, like awkward silence. And he goes, okay, I get it. You want me to, t- <laughs> you want me to test both sides on the, you know, the lymph no. nodes, put the dye on both sides. But that <laughs> guess what they do is they put a tracer on there and it's supposed to, I don't know. So people say that it lights up, but I think it just reacts when there's cancer there yeah. and so that they can figure out. My understanding is they figure out which lymph node is the first the first one that gets um, the cancer cells. Mm-hmm. So they that's what they use the tracer for is to it like figure out which one is the sentinel node, which is the first one. Sounds very sciencey. I know. But I also think what I read is that they have like and and I don't know exactly what it is, but there's something else in there that actually reacts to the cancer cells so that you, gosh, I, I want to say it's like some, I, I'd have to look it up to actually know what, actually speak like I know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> it seems like it's something that's radiated that'll react to, you know, the mechanics that they have there. And it'll tell you if your lymph nodes has some cancer cells in there. So, and that's all I want to do. I'm not trying to like take all my lymph nodes out, take all, I'm not even trying to do that. What I'm trying to do is say, Hey, if this is what's going to have to get done, this is the, this is the side that actually started this process. Let's might as well. Yeah. Let's just, let's just check it. It makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense to me. And I understand. I mean, as far as doctors are concerned, they do the best that they can. And again, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to remind them, I guess, that the concern is there as far as I'm concerned. For me, 
I'm my kids are uh, super anxiety and it's runs in the family. So I'm the one I have this anxiety from once they told me that there might be something suspicious there. I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop. Of course, mm-hmm. it's going to be cancer. When is it coming? Mm-hmm. But when they found it on the opposite side, it's like they for now all of a sudden they forget, you know, that, yeah. you know, what I I need to make sure that both sides are. are yeah. Clear. Yeah. I mean, it makes it makes total sense why you would feel that way. I mean, the original reason why you they wanted you to come so frequently was because of that side. Right. And now they're like almost ignoring it. And you're like, um, no, excuse me. <laughs> right. Let's right. get let's you back do, on track yeah, here. Let's just let's not forget, I guess. Yeah. And and again, it it would have totally worked out if, you know, they tested and there wasn't cancer, it's not cancer, then there's no big deal. But what if it was? Yeah. And um I we you hear cases all the time. So this is Ductal carcinoma, right? So I have invasive. But there's also like, there's another form of cancer that, gosh, I can't remember the name of it right now. And I don't even know what they ended up finding in my mom. But um, I know when it came back, it was in the lymph nodes. They found like half of the lymph nodes that they took out of her had cancer in them the second time around. So I know that that's a possibility. And um Again, they think they caught it early enough that they they don't foresee that I'm going to have to do anything else, but only time will tell. So as much as I say in my mind, logically, I know everything's going to be okay, but there's always this little, because our experiences, yeah. right? There's always this little thing that says, you just need to dot your I's and cross your T's and make sure they check everything because this way, otherwise I'm going to be living with this anxiety of like, when is it going to come back? Yeah. I mean, I was I was talking to mom about this too, and you had briefly touched on this, like being in control. And I think with our childhood cancer diagnosis that that was part of it is um, from a child's perspective, mm-hmm. they mentally may or may not be developed enough to understand what's happening. Right. And I think the benefit that we have, if there is a fucking silver lining in it, is that you have the capability to make a full decision on your own about you. When we have a child who's diagnosed, people are making decisions for them. Right. In most cases, right? Um, but that's that's the challenging part too is like, you have to try to help a child understand what's happening. But in this case, you yourself can understand what's happening and make the best decision for you. And I think that's, you know, where I'm sympathetic to parents and, and family members who have to make these decisions is like, well, it's not really even for us. It's for someone else. You have to make the decisions on behalf of someone else. So I think that it, that, um, well, again, it's not the most ideal situation that mom has now uh, been diagnosed with breast cancer, but it's also an, an opportunity for her to be in control of what's happening with her, to understand what's happening with her, to find resources, do whatever she needs to do to to fight this thing. So what are you doing? I'm trying to find that other cancer that's in there. It's like, uh, it's not in the ducks, not in the... Ducks are like things you find in the air conditioning. <laughs> 
No, I forgot. It's such a different language because they yeah. told me I'm ER positive. I don't know if I'm PR positive or negative, but I'm H E R negative. That is, right? Okay. There's all kinds of stuff. Now, ER positive, which I know I am, my mom was too, is estrogen positive. Okay. So it feeds off of estrogen. Okay. PR is progesterone, but I don't remember if they said I was PR positive, but they did say I was H E R negative. So H E R negative means that it's slow growing. But I also read that. Because there's always like, you know, you hear slow growing. Okay, cool. That means, you know, I have a good chance. At time. Right. Uh-huh. But H-E-R negative, I think I read someplace that it also means that it doesn't respond well to certain types of chemotherapy. Oh, crap. Yeah. So it feels like um, the floodgates have opened of information of what's out there of, you know, fire hydrant of information coming at you regarding breast cancer. But I think with all things, it's like the sad part is I'm I'm glad that, that we are where we are with breast cancer research. I mean, we're in October. It, it's it's crazy. It is October, so yes. Uh, breast cancer awareness month. Mm-hmm. But that there's so Get much. Get your mammograms, Yes, please. indeed. Check, check, check. Early checking and early testing is so important. But I think part of it too is like, I'm glad that we're so advanced for in breast technology, breast cancer technology and yes, treatment. Why aren't we with the childhood why cancers? Why can't we fucking have that for childhood right? cancers, people? Uh, um, yes, it's I like a double-edged sword right now. Yeah, but. so I don't know if it's like with breast cancer that they've been able to get so far ahead of it. They've got, you know, yeah. protocols in place because it's all the research that's been done right. in it. So, so much right. funding Why? that's gone into yeah, it. So much Save the tatas. That's right. I know. Um, but I mean, I appreciate you sharing that with everybody, but that's also partly why we've been so busy is we're trying to get mom lined up, get everything she needs going um, so she can go into surgery, which, hap- which is happening here soon. Yeah. So um, if you all can just... Whatever you believe in. Um, By the time this thing comes out, though, I would have already had the surgery. Yes, true. So just, I if everybody just positive thoughts, you know, I understand Send that if you... Send up your prayers yes, if you're religious. Prayers, thoughts, everything. <laughs> I, I just need to make sure that I have clear margins and that they get it all and that I don't have to sit here and wait for the other shoe to drop like we keep yeah, doing. Yeah, so. I, need, I need a caretaker. So uh, <laughs> please send um, a child caretaker. So please send all of your positive vibes, thoughts, prayers, whatever it is you do our way. Um, so everything goes well with mom's um, procedure. Um, but I'm really glad that she wanted to share that with you too because that's been weighing pretty heavy on us in this. And Yeah, you know, we haven't had anybody that has like, you know what, my child passed away with cancer and now my mom has cancer or I have cancer. Now somebody else. They're out there. We just haven't chatted with them. Um, Yeah, yeah. but this is. It's a possibility. Yeah. It's not great news, obviously. Not great news. Not anything we want um, to have to relive and redo in just a different way. But I think that it's really important for mom to kind of share her feelings about how she's feeling about going into it. And then we'll check in with her after, cause there's going to be an after mom. 
um, yeah. on how, you know, she's doing after. And I'll we'll try to keep you all posted on how she's doing. But as you can see, our the loss and grief of our baby is still very much impacting life in general, everything that's happening with us. Um, so any other thoughts, mom, about, you know, going into your procedure and. Well, yes. So like I said, I, I have this, the name of the other one that I was, I just can't remember what exactly. It doesn't it matter. Means, it doesn't matter. ILC. Okay. Invasive. I can't remember what the L stands for, but carcinoma. And what I've been reading, of course, because you start reading all the worst case scenarios is that's one of those things that's really hard to for them to find in your breast tissue. Mm. Um, and that's what I'm like concerned about that. If it's on the mammograms, it's, I guess the, um, ductal carcinoma is the one that they find most, but I, I, I know that they find them both. I'm just like, of course I worry that the mammogram didn't find it in the first place and you know, mm. Whatever it is. But yeah, again, I know that. You're feeling pretty confident about it. You know, logically, yes, I'm pretty confident that they caught this on time. Everything's going to be okay. Yes. I just don't know how to stop my anxiety and my fears of, like, I want to sit here and I go, okay, I'm a badass. I'm kicking its ass. I'm doing the most aggressive thing that I can. Right. The mm-hmm. mastectomy is the, the most aggressive thing. Double that you can. mastectomy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not going to have a chance to come back. I want to say that, but really, I feel like there's always some bullshit that happens and you're like, you did everything you could and still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know that doctors do the best they can to give you like, hope that everything is sure. good and sure. caught in time and all that but it's always the unknown that you got love and i know after after the surgery and after everything is tested i'll feel a lot better about everything as as long as they don't find anything else i i think i'm gonna be a little bit you know more calm as far as my anxiety is concerned because i'm losing sleep mm-hmm. i'm losing sleep just understandably about yeah. yeah yeah just worried about even just surviving the surgery but oh my gosh things that Things have changed so much. It's not as scary, I guess. It's still scary, though. It's not as scary as like when my mom was doing all this stuff. So, and that was 10 years ago. Yeah. So it's just cancer is cancer. Cancer is scary. I mean, what else can we say? This, we're, we're in this because of cancer. We're in this podcast because of cancer. Yeah. But it's it's the cancer that happens when it's like there's no reason for it. It's, she's a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids that, my goodness, I mean, they don't even get a chance to live. To I mean, I just feel like at least I've lived. I've had a chance to live. At least this is like the circle of life. But I'm not going that easy. Amen. <laughs> yeah, my husband, I mean, I didn't bring it with me, but he he posted a little... Is, are they called memes when they like mm-hmm. little sayings and stuff? And I think I told you about that, that it said cancer says you're mine. And I respond with bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish I can say that I have that strength because I feel like that's how my husband sees me. That's great. Yeah. But I still feel this little uneasiness. Thing, uh, the it. uneasiness. Yeah. I get it. 
Well, we're behind you. Um, I know our listeners out there are behind you as well and wish you the best in your procedure. Again, we will check in, see how you're feeling post-op. And Think about that, though. We're dealing with all this grief, and now it's like on top of that. I, okay. I, I'd like a break. I mean, I, I, like thought, I thought this kid coming the baby in was coming gonna was supposed yeah. to be yeah the beginning of like things have changed. We're not gonna, shit. No, <laughs> life keeps happening. And why Fuck. though? Why? Ugh. I know. I yeah. You're telling me. <laughs> anyway, mom, we love you. And not that well, this is you. yeah. Not that this is anything that we can't overcome. Um, we will do this as well. I didn't want this, of course, but. Fuck. Some somebody said something to me like God gives the the hardest things to the strongest people. No, <laughs> I don't want no, this anymore. That's the whole thing. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Like when you're in the middle of it, you have no choice. Right. There is no like picks the strongest people. Right. Or you got to be so strong Stop to deal it. with this. No, you're Stupid dealing shit. with it. I know. Having a child battle cancer does not make you a strong person. Yeah. You just, you deal with it. You just, you do, it. do you what just you do have it. to do. Yeah. 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 It doesn't, I mean, ugh. Yeah. That was tough. It is tough. It's tough. But we're, we're behind you. Like I said, we're behind you. I'm going to wrap this one up. Unless you had anything else you wanted to share no. about it. Okay. Uh-uh. But, um, afterwards, when I come out of yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to talk to you Yeah, afterwards, we'll talk afterwards for sure. But yeah, so again, not the greatest news, but, you know, we're going to check back in, see how she's doing. I'm sure everything will be fine, but definitely keep us in your thoughts, positive prayers, all that jazz. And then... I don't know if I officially said it, but I'm sure you heard it. We are having a boy. So please send us some name suggestions because I need to fucking <laughs> no. figure this shit out. Your too. sister's been sending all kinds of names. You've um, just been like, nay, nay, yeah, nay. No. <laughs> no, no, no. When she sends, um, what did she send? Some weird ones. You're the one I think who said horchato or something. Jake wants to call him horchato. <laughs> That's because she likes God, horchata. No. I know. So horchata is the rice <laughs> drink that we drink in this Mexican culture. And he's not going to be called horchato. No. But I need names, people. So, again, um, thank you for, for sharing that, Mom, and being so vulnerable and sharing your feelings about what's been happening and your medical <laughs> issues well, so but uh, it's not a HEPA violation if you're sharing your exactly. own stuff right yeah exactly but it, it does offer folks you know just some insight into shit life. doesn't stop happening exactly. i think that's the whole problem is yeah. you think you've gone through the worst and and to be honest right now i still feel like we've gone through the worst yeah i don't feel like but it just doesn't end that's yeah. the whole thing. And we're not. It doesn't end. We're not suggesting that this is going to happen to you. <laughs> no, just we're just saying that us. don't expect because you went through something like this that bad things stop happening. Oh, mom, I wouldn't say that either. Why? Because that's really what happens. You life still, still have, happens. Life still happens. We don't know. We yes. don't know if it's going to be bad or good, but life life still happens. still happens. Yes. So we'll end it with that. Thanks, Mom, again, for sharing and being vulnerable. And we will keep everybody posted on how Mom's doing. But, yeah, I think that's it for this one. All right. Catch you on the next one. Because I'm going to catch you on the next one. (laughs) 
See you. You're going to make it out. I know. Sucks I, to be I, you. I, I know. At least I'm going to make it out. <laughs> All right. All right. Check, check, catch you, catch you on the next one, Mom. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.